The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Wednesday morning. And we're glad you're with us as we've been taking the last few months, really, and been slowly working our way through the book of Psalms. And so today we're going to continue. We're going to look at a short psalm, Psalm chapter 133. So if you're following along on your Bible or tablet or phone or wherever you are, uh, we're going to read really simply three verses. And three verses that describe one thing. Uh, One thing that has been stated here is so needed, it's repeated, the same thought is repeated in the New Testament for the local church, and definitely something that uh, is needed for today, but sometimes not always fully understood as to what it is and how to achieve it. So hopefully uh, this will be a help and encouragement. This can come true in your home and relationships. This principle goes way beyond just a religious institution and really goes to so many parts of the Christian family. And I hope this will be encouragement this morning. Psalm 133, uh, verse number one. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that, and that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life, forevermore. So the premise comes down to verse 1 that deals that it is good and pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now let me describe, I'm going to take a second, take the next two verses and describe what he means by the aspect of the, um, he gives he gives some poetic illustration in the next couple of verses. And the first one he talks about precious ointment that was on the head that ran down to Aaron's beard. That was the time when Aaron was anointed high priest and they would anoint him with oil, uh, probably more like a perfume. So the idea is it's the pleasantness was the sweet smell of the ointment, of the perfume that was used and the special nature of what it was used for, but it was the special smell and it was that reminder of how precious that moment was. And so that was one, it's just an illustration. Second illustration was the Dew of Hermon, uh, the mountains of Zion. These mountains were often snow covered in a relatively deserty area. And so the the dew coming off was just sweet. It was, it was precious, it was refreshing, creating water in that, in that type of area. And so really he's talking about the sweetness of this and the specialty of water in in a somewhat dry, barren area. And so what you look at is unity has a very unique, it's it's got a beautiful odor, it's sweet to those that surround, it attracts people, it's it's pleasant, it's refreshing. Those kind of pleasant, refreshing are two great words to describe the idea of unity. And so he talks about this. Now here here becomes the battle as he just makes a reference, how good and how pleasant It is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And the problem we run into today, because in Philippians, Philippians chapter 2 talks about unity. If there's any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any bowels of mercy, any fellowship of spirit, uh, fulfilling my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, let one mind. Let nothing be done to strive for vainglory, but in the loneliness of mind, need to seem other better than themselves. Looking at every man his own things, but every man also in the things of others. And he talks about Jesus and how he describes that. Uh, throughout Scripture, especially New Testament, it talks about the church desiring to be in unity. So I'm going to take a minute and describe what I believe it means, uh, and then we can see simply what it means there in the church, 
what it means in our home, what it means in our own personal lives. First of all, we need to know what unity is not. Unity is not uniformity. And I, now, I have to explain uniformity. Uniformity is, is a uniform. We all look the same. We all sound the same. We all act the same. Uh, history of church has a tendency, an American church has a tendency to, uh, I go to this church, I go to that church because I seem to fit in better. What we mean by that is I, I appreciate the look, I appreciate the sound, and everything around fits me, or I'm okay comfortable fitting in. The problem with that is it's, it's not... It's not organic growth from inside. I'm not growing to where I need to be because the Holy Spirit wants me to grow to where I need to be. I'm fitting into a mold. I'm, I'm looking like other Christians. I'm sounding like other Christians. And I'm doing all of, shall I say, the right things. The problem is, here, here's the battle with that. If I come in as a new Christian to a church and uh, they give me a list, hey, if you're a good Christian, does these 10 things. And so I, in that first year, do those 10 things. The problem with that is, generally speaking, I've achieved maturity because it's not organic. I, I'm, I'm fitting, I'm, I'm, I'm adapting to the uniform thought of that church, and it's not organic. It's not the Holy Spirit growing me. It's me fitting a mold. That's not unity. That's uniformity. That's, that's fitting into the expectations of other people, and it's being done for the wrong reason. And, and we don't like that because we come in and say, well, if I don't dress this way, if I don't sound this way, if I don't like their music, I don't like all this, and I don't want to come. That, that I don't believe to be biblical. I don't believe what we're looking at. Unity is unique because unity does not require that we all agree. Does it require we agree on most, you know, obviously there's some level of agreement and the key comes down to what is it that we agree on. So we don't agree on everything. We can, and hopefully the idea of unity, so we all come from various backgrounds, but what unifies us is not that we come from the same background. You know, when you get around somebody who speaks your language, there's almost an immediate unity, whether you knew that person or not. I mentioned when I went to a funeral not that long ago, I bumped into an Air Force um, chaplain. We're talking and he and I just started talking about theology and immediately there's a level of unity. Uh, because we, we agreed a lot. And so that, that agreement, that, belief, that same belief system brought a level of unity, and we really didn't know a whole lot about each other personally. That, that's kind of the premise. Um, so when I come to church, I may have a, a different view on certain of the preferential things in Christian life. Doctrinally, I believe that Jesus is God, and I believe all the primary doctrines, but I come in. So the idea of unity is there needs to be something that unifies us. What is it that unifies people from two different backgrounds, from two different walks of life, two different life experiences, two different current lives? One may be wealthier, one may not be. What, what unifies all of that? And it simply comes down to that question. What is it that unifies us? In the church, it's Jesus and the cause of Christ. So we're going to have different opinions on how, and maybe some music or how we dress or things like that. That's healthy. That's healthy in a church. But we, we set aside some of those differences because the cause of Christ is more important than me getting my way. Because me getting my way is demanding uniformity. And it's, it's wrong, and it's, it's actually quite humanistic in that aspect. So I should be able to come in and look different than this person, maybe sound different than this person, very different background. But my love for Jesus and the cause of Christ and the fact that we're moving forward in the same direction unifies us. My son and I were talking about this just the other day. It's very similar to a successful athletic team. You're going to have all kinds of people on this team that generally off the field may not even hang out, may not even get along, may not agree on a lot of things. But the moment they get on that team, those things are set aside because there's a common goal of winning, common goal of achieving something. That's the idea. We come together. And now, we're not called a team in Christianity. We're called a body, the body of Christ. So we come together as the body of Christ. And yeah, there's differences, there's uniqueness, but it is Christ to that body and that unit, that goal that unifies us. And so I, I come, we can, I can stand next to somebody who has a completely different background than me, but I can worship right next to them because we're worshiping Jesus. That unifies us. 
separating all of those differences. So how, how does that look when you get into maybe a family or something like that? You know, you're, you're going to grow up and you're going to have kids, you're gonna brothers and sisters, and we're going to disagree about some things. And the problem is, I think what happens in today's culture, and, and I think unfortunately it happens more in Christendom than it should. In today's culture, we spend less time looking about what unifies us and we focus more on what separates us. Uh, we don't agree on this, we don't agree on this, and I'm not even talking doctrine, I'm talking some relatively small insignificant things that God doesn't really talk a whole lot about. They're more preferences we've established. And so they separate families, they sometimes separate marriages, and even in marriages, we separate over little things, not being willing to dig down deep enough to find out what it is that's separating us, and coming back and unifying for the Lord, for our family, for each other. Uh, we, we can get so focused on ourselves, what we want and our preferences, that we miss exactly what unity is. Unity is me setting aside my personal preferences for, I don't want to use, carefully using the word greater good, but for the cause of Christ. That. So the key is having something that will unify us. And again, instead of focusing on all the things that Satan uses to separate us, we focus our attention on unifying us. So as we come to the last minute or so, what is the application we take from this? To me, the application we take from this is the closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get to God, the more we're in God's Word, the more we're in prayer, the more we're in church, the, the closer our eyes get off of the world, the distractions and our opinions, and the more they just get focused on Jesus, we will find these, which is what we call spiritual maturity. So the more we grow in Christ and we become mature, I don't mean we know more about the Bible. We're in church, we've been saved longer, because I can tell you I've met a lot of people who have been saved a long time, never really matured. Even Paul told the Church of Corinth, I would like to feed you with more greater is meat, but you're unable to handle it because you're carnal. Uh, you never grew. You should be better because you've been saved for a while, but you never grew. So we know that just because someone's been saved for X amount of time doesn't mean they're mature. Maturity comes from growth in Christ. Maturity dictates that I set aside my own preferences and I grow in Him. So what our goal is to grow in Him, be in the Word of God, be in prayer, be in church, learn about Jesus, learn what's important to Jesus. And the more that I grow in Jesus, the less these other things that Satan uses to separate us, the rest I'll even think about. I won't worry about because my maturity limits that myself because I've, I've grown beyond that. I've grown beyond these small petty things that divide us. So my challenge is that we like what you're doing right now. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in prayer. Stay close. Let God teach you what you need to learn through whatever it is you're going through so that you can be more effective for God. And He's not allowing these small things to fracture the whole... The, he's not letting... So we're not letting Satan use these small things to fracture the body of Christ, but we're allowing the important stuff to draw us closer, which would draw family together, and I think it will strengthen all of us. And it's not about looking like a certain type of church. It's just about a heart for God that just comes in for that purpose. And I believe it is the core of revival. The closer I get to God, the more I, these things that separate us draw us together, which will, will repair homes, repair marriages, and, and will bring healing and will strengthen churches. That is the key. Unity is about who it is we're following. Not it is about how we think we should do it. And boy, may we desire to make that be that part. I hope that's a help. It's more of a challenge this morning, honestly, to allow God to be what we follow, to allow Jesus and the Word of God and not necessarily opinions or preferences. And the closer we get to God, the more mature we get, and the more we find these little things only fracture us. And may that be our greatest desire, is to allow God 
and the Lord to be our leader. Thank you for the time you've given us this morning on this Wednesday morning. If you're local, we invite you to join us, our Bible study in the auditorium. Uh, we'll start at seven, the teenagers. Uh, it is more casual dress. The teenagers will have a game time in the gym and then uh, worship time after, and then the kids club swaps with them and then we'll have a Bible study in the auditorium. After that, if you can't make it, uh, watch us online. We greatly appreciate that. Thanks again for joining us this morning. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.